The following podcast is presented by Hormone Logics. Discover your ageless health. two of our conversation with IFBB Pro, Devin Cambry. And we're back with Devin. Um, we were just talking about divorce and how sometimes um, I'm going to put a, a little bit of a spin on it. You had said, you know, just the priorities has kind of shifted. Um, you didn't say that. I'm, I'm saying that, but that's kind of what I'm reading into it. And um, Amy and I can both relate. Um, we were previously married and we um, had to figure out some things and now we're we're together and married, right, babe? Happily? Yeah. Okay, thanks. Thanks for saying yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, I think that's the most interesting part so far of, of what we've discussed is your journey kind of through not just sobriety and not just kind of the work environment, but and also- motherhood. Yeah, the motherhood yeah. and the divorce or the, the fallout of this relationship. Um, when did you know that it was going to end in a divorce? I probably knew in January when I started back competing. Mm -hmm. I, I knew then that it probably wasn't going to get resolved. We, we had tried things like prior to that a few months and like, you know, therapy, stuff like that. And it's like I said, when we came around to talking, there was so much resentment there. Yeah. It's just like we, we just had, we were both hurt so badly that we couldn't even come to like resolutions a lot of times. Yeah. And Amy, Amy we, likes to talk honestly, about probably Amy likes to talk about the mental health side of uh, counseling as sometimes people come and see her, you know, she's a mental health provider, uh, marriage counselor at times. Um, people often come to her and say, Hey, we want to fix our marriage, but it's almost like doing triage. I mean, it's like mm -hmm. dead bodies, blood everywhere. Your arms fell, yeah. fell off. Well, <laughs> you know, why didn't you come and see us years ago? And so anyway, Amy, you could probably talk more about that, but yeah, you told me those. Stories I, I think, times. I mean, what you just said, like sometimes it's just like way too far gone, you know, like years of resentment and build up and, and whatever. But, um, back to, you know, you competing. So it was kind of the same time it was falling apart. You were getting back into it. Do you feel like that drove you to success because obviously you've been so successful a hundred percent that's like i said i needed i needed to get back to something that made me feel like me again and as i love my son a hundred percent and he is the biggest thing in my world but after having him he like that i don't want to say he but that experience kind of took everything from me mm -hmm. I, like I had no personality of who Devin was anymore I was just this child's mother and then I went to work it was like work care for him days off 24 care for him and that was all I did yeah and I knew that it was affecting me mentally even now like I take three days off in the gym and I'm like I need to go to the gym I don't feel like yeah it. uh -huh. and it's, it's not like that extreme of an extent but when you go through two years of not doing it, it was definitely something that I was just like, I need to go back to yeah. getting in my routine and doing this more regularly. 
So yeah, I think that definitely helped because it was helping me deal with the issues of knowing that my marriage was failing, going, getting back into a prep. It was making me feel better about myself, that I was getting healthier, that I was losing baby weight, stuff like that. And I honestly, I wanted to go pro, but I really didn't think it was something that was going to happen. And so I did my first show that year. I actually came in third place, which the only reason I even went to all the national shows I went to is because of COVID. Because normally you have to play first or second to be qualified for every national show. And then if you're three through five, you only qualify for some of them. But because of COVID, I was qualified to go to every national show. And I did three national shows that year before I went pro. But I, after my first one, I was just like, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm going to go pro. I'm going to go pro. And so, that's when my ex came up and just like, I don't know why you're doing all this, mm, spending all this money, putting in yeah. all this time. Like, it's just, you're wasting everything. Like, you're never going to go pro. You're never going to get money from this sport. You're always going to have girls that are younger than you just coming up behind you. You're not going to be able to keep up. Because at the time I was, what, 32? So I'm not young like a bunch of these girls who are in their like you know early 20s right i'm kind of like on the back end of the bodybuilding spectrum when it comes especially when it careful. comes to females and when careful all right it is what it is yeah it's it's society will tell you that i mean as you get older it's not as acceptable as men getting older in this sport because right. it is somewhat of a beauty pageant still. They yeah. want you to still look youthful and pretty. And as you start getting up in age, some people, yes, they maintain it. But, I mean, we start to look older. It is, I mean, yeah, part of it. Sure. I just know that Amy's uh, in the master's category. Yeah. So I was just, just trying to, <laughs> I mean, she's very aware I'm that there's a different category. <laughs> I'm, I'm 36. I'm 36, so I'm a master's athlete technically. Got it. But when I was coming up, especially because wellness was brand new, I was competing against girls that are, in, you know, 20 years old. And I'm 32. That's 12 years they had, like, I have on them. So for our listeners, but you was- are our first wellness competitor that we have interviewed. So can you kind of just tell our audience what the difference between wellness and bikini is in your own words? lower body dominance pretty much that's the biggest indicator of what the difference is so bikini girls are symmetrical top to bottom they are very petite frame they do have some muscle on them but it's not a large amount of muscle they do have conditioning but it's not very hard conditioning wellness is almost very similar to the criteria the only difference is they want big legs big glutes with the same kind of upper body as bikini so it's an asymmetrical physique we found some pictures of your glutes by the way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> They're quite a bit bigger than our last guest's um, glutes. So I had to make a comment when we were kind of going through our, pre, our pre-shows. Like, damn, yeah. she, has, she has some glutes. She has some muscles on those legs. Holy smokes. So, Devin, when did you make that transition? Because obviously you started off in bikini, and then at one point you were like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm doing wellness. So tell us about that. I planned on doing wellness when I went back to competing in 2020. That was the plan. I was going back to bikini. Wellness was brand new. I didn't know really a lot about it. And when I was working with my coach, he said, you may 
have to do wellness. And I'm like, absolutely not. I took two years off because I was, I got a lot of feedback when I was a teen that I had to, I had to come down on my lower half mm. because I did cheerleading and dancing all when I was younger. Yeah. I've always had big muscles in my legs. That's just what it is. But I figured two years of not training, maybe I could get back into it and be good. I should have atrophied enough. And once I got back to the gym and started training again, my legs just started blowing up. And he was like, yeah, I told you. He's like, there's no way you're going to make it in bikini. You need to switch to wellness. Mm. And so ever since then, I was just like, I guess this is what I'm doing. So I started training hard legs all the time from there. Because the only examples we had were the Brazilians that did wellness. I didn't have a lot to go by because it was so new we've to noticed, America. And we've ended the shows and noticed the Brazilians. Like, they're, they're Brazilian butts. I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to compete with these girls. I was like, look yeah. how big they are. So that kind of drove me like, okay, we're doing legs like three days a week. I need to get my glutes built. I need to, and it was heavy leg days all the time from then on out. What's your favorite glute exercise? Um, reverse the, uh, the reverse hack block in the morning. Those grew my glutes exponentially. Can you say that one more time? The reverse what? Hack squat. Reverse hack squat. Good morning. Oh man. <laughs> I've seen Amy do those. Those are tough. So, so, instead of, so instead of putting your back on the hack squat, you turn around and you face it and then you do good mornings that way. Yeah. Good morning. <laughs> so other than being able to tell your ex-husband, you can shove it. What is becoming a pro done for you? Um, it's, I mean, first of all, it's allowed me to travel, which was something I've always wanted to do. I thought about being a travel nurse for a little while, but that just wasn't a very viable option after I started looking into it. So I've loved traveling. I get to travel a lot doing this. I meet a lot of people. I get, you know, more invested in this industry, which I absolutely love. And it actually helps me to create a side business so that I can leave the hospital environment because that was ultimately when I first decided that I was going to try to go pro, I had a plan that I was going to use it to, you know, do an online business to do, cause I, I was a certified personal trainer already, but with nursing, I can never use it because trying to say, Oh, look, in the hospital, I work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but next week I work Saturday, Friday. Yeah, it doesn't so, work trying to get people on a schedule when you work a schedule like that it was never really possible so I started doing online training writing plans for people and I was honestly just thinking like if I had ICD pro behind my name it would give me a little bit more credibility even though I knew what I was talking about I'd been you know training for years already but a lot of times people just like to see ICD pro behind your name yeah, yeah. you know and so that was my so plan was to just go pro that way I can start getting more credibility to my name and get my business out there so I can get more clients so that hopefully I'd be able to leave the hospital. Cause I was very, very burnt out with nursing, mm-hmm. with bedside nursing. Like I said, I did what, two years of 60 hour work week in the ER and <laughs> I was during yeah. COVID. You're not one of the administrative <laughs> uh, nurses that just does paperwork all day. I mean, you're like, you're actually being a yeah, nurse. Yeah. We ran, we ran like crazy. And like I said, during COVID, we were, you know, taking care of people in the hallways because we didn't have the space for them. We had people like in early COVID days, that's when it was really bad. And we had a lot of people lining up on vents 
in the ER that we couldn't transfer to the ICU. So I'm now an ICU nurse and an ER nurse at the same time. Except I don't have a two to one ratio like ICU does. I still have a four to one ratio. And it's very it was very stressful. And not knowing what COVID was at the time was emotionally very stressful dealing with that. So I was done. I was very much done. I had had enough and I was really trying to look for something to get myself out of nursing. Mm. Or at least out of bedside nursing, even if I could just take a step back and not have to work so many hours in the hospital. So that was my initial plan to go pro. And then from there, I don't know, stuff just kind of started building on each other. I did my first pro show. I wound up placing 15th, and I was freaking excited that I wasn't in the sea of 16. Yeah. That was like, everyone, some people are just like, oh, you didn't place top five. And I'm just like, I didn't place last, though. <laughs> yeah, that competition's a little bit harder that. at the pro level, right? You're competing against all a bunch of other women that are pros. Yes. And that was, we had, what, like 25 girls in that pro show? Wow. Which was crazy for a first-time wellness, like pro wellness show. And that was during the pandemic? And I was competing against, huh? yeah, that was during the pandemic. It was wow. in 2021. So we still had pandemic stuff that we were dealing with. And I was competing against Brazilians that have been doing this. For years, like right. Angela has been competing for years. So it's not like everyone's a new wellness pro. We had wellness pros that have been doing this. So for me to come in 15, I was excited. I was just like, I'm happy with this. So when did wellness then, actually take off in the U.S.? What year was that? It was 2020 was the first time they brought wellness to the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was one of the first wellness pros in the first year of having wellness. And then, you know, first wellness Olympia, first wellness Arnold. I was, you know, that's why I always say make history. I made history because I saw an opportunity that was never going to come around again. Right. So um, because the the U.S. is so new in this wellness world, is that group pretty tight? The United States wellness women pros? For the most part, they're actually, I mean, a lot of us that have been competing together, we have Brazilian, we have a lot of Brazilians and Puerto Ricans, we have Americans, and there was a good, probably like 10 of us that did a lot of shows last year together, and then we were at Olympia together, we're at Arnold together, so yes, we're, it is still a very close group, I would say, I know eventually as we start adding pros in there, it starts to kind of, you know, pull away and stuff like that. But luckily everyone, we all get along. We all root for each other. There's no animosity between us. And I'm very grateful for that because I've seen how ugly this sport can get. And honestly, I think it, I've seen uglier stuff on the amateur level than I've seen in the pro level. Mm. The pros are pretty cordial to each other. Yeah, I think pros have a lot more, we pros have a lot more respect for each other. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Matt's wondering what some of the ugly stuff was on the yeah, amateur level. Yeah, is it level. like Mean Girls? I mean, you don't have to say you don't have to name names. Do you guys obviously. like spike each other's water with like Axlax or what? Axlax. <laughs> no, it's just it's just catty like girl stuff. People talking bad about each other behind their back. People not being like very supportive. Um, just just that kind of stuff. You you'll be backstage and like some girls just don't even want to talk to other girls. And I'm, Hey, Amy, 
we have a great sponsor on board, Hormone Logics. Yeah, they're actually my hormone doctors, so I think they're pretty awesome. They do hormone replacement therapies to revive energy and strength so that you can continue to feel younger longer. They do bioidentical hormones, menopause therapy, andropause therapy. They help men with things like ED, low T, sleep regulation. They help you to have a more satisfying sex life, improved mood, improved cognition, healthier skin, bones, and hair. How does somebody get in touch with Hormone Logics? You can visit their website at www.hormonelogics.com. Stop missing out on living your best life and be the best version of yourself. Like, why? That was, yeah. but that, I saw that more on the amateur level than I see in the pro level. Pros were all, I feel like we all feel like that we're all at the top of our game and we're all, a lot of pros are actually older. A lot of us are like in our 30s. So it sounds like a little bit more maturation. Like there might be, there's a little bit of like nervousness at the amateur level. And so that nervousness, you kind of like, you just drop your, your, uh, guns. Yeah. Like if you're nervous and you're just like, oh, well, I'm just going to talk shit or I'm just not going to say anything. Or I don't know. You're just like nervous, right? But if you're a pro, you've been to lots of shows, you know what you're doing. Um, you're generally more confident, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, well, sometimes I feel like amateurs maybe try to like intimidate each other or put on a front so they like maybe don't show that they're nervous or something like that. And where us, we know as a pro, it can be anybody's day. Like it, we know this. We know that just because you won last week doesn't mean you're winning again this week. You can come off, you can have a different judge. You know, it can just be a matter of preference. And that's why I think we're not we don't do that with each other because we know like it's anybody's day every time you step on stage whereas amateurs are so pro card hungry sometimes especially like at like the national level that they just want to like i'm the best i'm going to be the best i'm winning my pro card today sort of thing and Mm -hmm. they may not have that knowledge or that experience of knowing that you can be your best and that still isn't going to be what wins you that day right so what are what is that what is the biggest stage that you've been on, Devin? Tell us about that. Like what's the the biggest competition? Like the, the 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 best, you know, the most exciting day for you? The Olympia. Yeah. The Olympia was the big it is the biggest bodybuilding stage in the world. So set the stage for and us. Where so was it? Was, Who was there? Did you meet Arnold? It was in Orlando. Yeah, it's normally in Vegas, but they had it in Orlando because COVID once again. So, um, and I actually was not even remotely ready for Olympia. I had in Louisiana, we had a hurricane that came through here five weeks before Olympia. Oh, man. So, and me being an ER nurse. I was on activation team, which means when you're on activation team, you have to go to the hospital. You stay at the hospital through the entire hurricane until they give you the all clear to leave. Yikes. And I wind up being in the hospital for five days. What? Oh, man. And that's yeah. like a lot not, of Not good when you're prepping for a show. Yeah, and I was just going to say, be in the gym. I, the hospital food, <laughs> you're man. Five weeks from the Olympia. Ugh. Five weeks from the Olympia is not ideal. Not good. Oh, no. And I did. I think I brought enough food for like two or three days, like my prep food. Yeah. But I was working nights when normally I work days. And so trying to sleep in a hospital bed 
during the day when you're not used to sleeping during the day. I barely got any sleep. I was doing my training in the in the stairwells of the hospital or outside the hospital with whatever I can find bands or something that I had in my car. And then I spent what like two or three days just eating whatever they were serving us, which of course wasn't anything that was prep friendly. And I wind up gaining like twenty pounds in those five days. No way. (laughs) Yeah. Where was your baby this whole time? Yeah, it was. He was with his dad. Oh man, that must have been giving you some major anxiety. Five days with no baby and eating shitty food. Yeah, yeah, and And no workouts. Yeah. (laughs) Man, it was, and and then even after we got out of the hospital, we, uh, we had a major power crisis after the storm, and so we couldn't get food in around this area. Like the closest food we had was like an hour away because wow. all the grocery stores were closed because they all ran out of power. All the food went bad, and then you couldn't get trucks to come in to bring the food to the stores um, because we were running out of gas. So if the trucks made it to here to bring food here. They didn't have gas to get back to where they came from. Wow. So it so, was like a total of 10 days wow. of chaos. So all this happened before, like five weeks before Olympia. <laughs> yeah. How'd you cut all the weight? You just said you gained 20 pounds in like five days. What did you have to do then? I did. I mean, of course, a lot of it is water weight due to stress. We knew this. You know, we, we knew that, that that was an issue. Um. And so the biggest thing was mitigating stress is what I had to do, um, getting back on my diet. Um, and actually, I, I upped my cardio for a little while, but then my weight wasn't moving. So why not turn around and dropping my cardio? And that's when stuff started to kind of come down again. I knew I was not going to be 100% for Olympia after that. I knew there was no way. And honestly, I even thought about, like, should I even do Olympia? Because I think it's, like, almost disrespectful to show up to the Olympia looking completely freaking off. Mm. Like, and and so I was just, like, do should I even, like, go and do this? Because that's just, like, super disrespectful to step on stage looking terrible. And luckily, the coach I'm with now, he did a lot to help dial me into that show to where I actually looked pretty decent. Um, and I wind up getting 14. Wow. Devin, on, on the pictures that we have up here, are any of these from that show? Do you know? I don't know if you can see them. Yeah. Purple. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying that that's you looking terrible with like a chiseled (laughs) eight pack. Um, just making sure we're on the same page here. Yes. I mean, you know, we're bodybuilders. We're hard on ourselves. You can't. You can't compare us to like a normal person walking down the street. Like compared to what I know my best is, that was not my best. But 14th, 14th out of what? 20. Uh, Okay. And you were pretty, you were pretty happy with that. I mean, obviously it's Olympia. So did you just kind of. Not last. Once again. Not last. So I was just like, heck yeah. I mean, no, that, and it's, that's no snub to girls that did come in 16th place whatsoever. Every single person I got on that stage looked absolutely amazing, but yeah. everyone's got to have a place. Somebody's got to come in last. Right. Yeah. But it was more of the fact that, like, of what I had to go through, like, just to step on that stage and for me to think I wasn't even about to do the Olympia because of the stress that that hurricane caused me and how bad my physique was, I was 
freaking over the moon that I came in 14. So Devin, I think I'm going to catch some slack for saying what I'm about to say, but uh, it is what it is. Um, Michael Jordan is the goat. First of all, I'm not going to catch slack for that, but he had a flu game. I'm not sure if you're familiar about the flu game, but, uh, there's a story that Michael Jordan in the playoffs, um, he allegedly ate some bad pizza or was really sick or both. And um, he ended up playing his ass off and winning the game um, with the flu. And it just reminds me of that mental uh, fortitude, that persistence that you have. You know, when you're kind of showing up, you know you're not 100%, but you're just going to grit through it, give it your best. I feel like that Olympia event is your Michael Jordan flu game. <laughs> you're welcome. Well, thank you. I've never been compared to Michael Jordan, but I'll, I'll take that. Well, Michael Jordan came in first. But yeah, so, honestly, but... that, I have never felt more confident on stage than I did at Olympia, even though I wasn't mm. 100%. That's awesome. Like, I had zero, like, I had zero nerves when I stepped on stage, probably because I had no expectations. Like, I knew I wasn't 100%, but I was so grateful just to have made Me it then. to the Olympia. Mm-hmm. I did six shows to qualify for Olympia. Because wow. I knew I wanted to go. I said I would do every show within the continental U.S. to qualify for Olympia if I have to. And I wound up doing six shows. And my last show, I actually, when I qualified in Tampa Pro, I had COVID during that show. Oh, my gosh. Yikes. And I wound up coming in second and qualifying for Olympia. And so I, I would not take anything away from that experience like i said i was just so happy to be on stage that i didn't even care at that point anymore it's like your your fight song you're like you fought so hard to get there you're like whatever so we are about to wrap up what 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 are your goals for the future because i feel like you did this this is obviously amazing but you probably have bigger goals so what's next for Devin? I mean, of course, I I want to go back to Olympia, maybe this year, maybe not. I want to win a pro show. Obviously, to qualify for Olympia, you have to win a pro show or qualify on point. I am not running the point game. I'm not doing six shows in a year, probably yeah. ever again, because that was not fun and it was not healthy for me. But right now, I'm taking a pretty good off season to kind of fix everything like i said my body needs a huge reset after last year mm. and you know get my hormones back in check make sure my body's healthy to start a new prep again um but other than that it's kind of like you know i've been to olympia i've been to the arnold the two biggest bodybuilding stages in the world of course i would want to like improve my placement but you know if i don't ever go back i can always say that like i did it i reached the goals that i set for myself i exceeded the goals actually because i honestly did not ever expect to go to olympia definitely didn't expect yeah. to go to arnold because arnold you have to be invited to go to you can't qualify for it i threw my name in a hat and was just like eh, let's see what's up i started my off season actually and then they sent the list out and i saw my name on there i was just like holy crap that's my name that's my name awesome and i was just like manifestation if i if i yeah if i never go back again i mean it sucks but it's kind of one of those things that just like i've i've made it i did it yeah i've gotten there but a lot of focus is you know just life stuff you know spending time with my son because i did miss time with him doing all the things that i did with work with competing um he's at a great age right now he's three so it's the best age 
because he's actually aware and talking and he's <laughs> a human. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's like he's a real tiny human right now. And Wait till he gets just, to four and he starts you know, talking Berlin back. That's fun too. Oh, he he started that already. Trust me, trust me. He started that. <laughs> but you know, just growing my business, I genuinely help like like love helping other girls to mm. see girls like get them to reach their goals now and. Yeah just watching them like change like right in front of me as I do like posing coaching and stuff like that. that I get so much fulfillment out of that and just being able to go to shows and watch shows, not have to participate in yeah. shows. Um, so it's going to be, you know, that's for the immediate future while I'm taking like my off season, I'm doing a lot of focus on helping with them, getting more involved in my local NPC and, you know, getting out to like, just be, more of an ambassador for the ICD and the wellness division. That's awesome. I mean, I know that like you're, you legit have to sign a, a contract when you become a pro, right. To kind of live up to whatever, you know, um, code of conduct and, and probably ambassadorship right. like you're talking about, you know, that's part of the gig, right? I mean, and some people don't, some people get their pro cards. You never see them again. Yeah. Some people get their pro guards, they just eat and you don't ever hear from them. But that's not what I was, like I said, I was one of the first wellness pros in the year that wellness first came to America. And so I wanted to be someone who helps to spread awareness for this division, who helps to like make sure accurate information is getting out there. Um, it's one of the reasons why I do posing coaching too for wellness competitors is because I want to make sure you're, that they're being posed correctly. I, I said I spent a lot of time around everyone like with the ISBB and I've made, you know, several trips up to Pittsburgh where, you know, the bodybuilding, where the ISBB started in, you know, talking to judges, talking to people who are high up in the industry just to make sure I stay with what's going on. So that way I'm, like I said, putting out accurate information. That's awesome. Okay. So if people want to know more about you or follow you, or maybe they're interested in your training protocols or, or your posing, where can they find you, Devin? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Usually the best way is through Instagram. Um, it's Devin C underscore IFBB pro. Not to be confused with my other one that is locked and I can't get into. It does not have a C. It's just Devin. <laughs> let me tell you the Instagram nightmare that has happened with that. And now I, it's like, it's locked. It's not hacked. It's locked and I can't access it. So I can't do anything to like undo it. Oh man. So it's, it's there. An Instagram so hell. What the heck? A lot of habit. Yeah. Yeah. It's creating a lot of habit for me because if you search my name, my old Instagram account comes up first and a lot of people don't realize that I don't have access to it. So it's Devin C underscore IPB pro is, my real Instagram and you'll know yeah. if you click on it because my old one, the last one, the last stuff on there is from Tampa pro. So if okay. you look at my old one and all you see is Tampa pro and you see nothing about Olympia Arnold, that's my old one. That's the wrong my one. My new one has Olympia. Yeah, my Arnold. new one has up to date. Yeah. Great. I mean, two business owners to another, we are excited for your journey in that too. You know, I mean, to be an entrepreneur and to pursue that and help other people, you know, I think obviously your heart's really, really into it. You know, you said you really want to show other girls the way and that's, that's, um, very admirable. So well, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, yeah, thanks for, so much for coming on our show. Yeah. Have you ever been stuck in life? 
if I got a book for you, Ascension Mentality, written by Amy Wilhelmy, public speaker, athlete, and licensed therapist. In her book, Amy takes us through a raw and vulnerable journey as she unravels from childhood trauma and navigates her career, marriage, and parenthood. She takes us on a deep dive into her life and how when emotions are left unprocessed, they seep into adulthood as she tries to navigate the task of growing up. You cannot change what you did. You cannot change what has happened to you. But you can change how you feel about it. You can let go of what is holding you back. When you process and unwind trauma, you don't lose what made you strong. You only lose what no longer serves you. To ultimately be a better human, friend, parent, partner, coworker, daughter or son, and leader. It's time to let go. Ascension Mentality. So we just talked to Devin Cambry, and that was our first wellness pro. IFBB pro. Wellness. Wellness pro. Yeah, that was exciting. We hadn't had a wellness guest on yet, so that was fun to learn more about the division for our viewers that you know don't know about that. So, I thought she was pretty intense. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, like I love, you know, her sobriety journey. Um, you know, yeah. I talk, you know, I talk a little bit about that myself. Um, and I feel like a lot of athletes actually that we meet have similar stories. So yeah, it's definitely like going from one addiction to the next. You know, you can't yeah. really be a drunk and also competing. It doesn't really work. You cannot. No, you can't. So. And then, you know, her having a young child and doing that um, just about a year postpartum is kind of crazy to have your body just transform that much, you know. So she said that at one point she was 200 pounds, so. Yeah, holy smokes. She's like five feet tall. Yeah, she's I bet her competing weight's like 105. I don't know. But um, Maybe what, a, what an extreme kind of body transformation to go through, you know, and. Not only physically, but I'm sure emotionally, hormonally, et cetera. So that was pretty incredible. And then to be able to step on both of those giant stages, the Arnold and Olympia, just being a new-ish wellness pro. When these, she said these women have been doing it for years, you know, in Brazil. So Five weeks before her first Olympic uh, Olympia. appearance. Yeah, yeah, Olympia appearance. She was stuck in her hospital for five days. Yeah, that's crazy. That is crazy. It just gives me anxiety thinking about it. We were just on a vacation for a week and I worked out, but like I can't imagine eating nasty hospital food for five days. And I'm not trying to go to Olympia, so. Just saying. <laughs> so anyway, she was an amazing guest to have. Um, I love following her journey. Obviously, if you guys look at her Instagram, her photos, she looks incredible. Yeah. You know, I have this. Um, you know, it just pings my mommy heart to know that these women are doing this for themselves you know like we all have to kind of find ourselves again after that parenthood thing happens and to just do something so extraordinary I just love this story so really thankful that um, Devin agreed to speak with us today This is Amy Wilhelmy. I'm the owner of Balance Wellness Collective. It's a holistic and integrative mental health practice located in St. Charles, Illinois, and telehealth. All of Illinois, we see individuals, adults, families, children, and adolescents. We are primarily family-focused and also do divorce mediation. It is a mind, body, and spirit approach to care. You can find us at www.balancewellnesscollective.com. 
This has been an Ascension Mentality podcast. Hit subscribe for all the latest episodes, and for more information, visit ascensionmentality.com. Ascension Mentality, making mental gains. Thank <laughs> you.